La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou-glou-glou font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding-ding-dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum, tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille. Bonjour Rugby Friends, and welcome to a new edition of The French Rugby Connection with moi, Véronique Lindiou, your host, and all the way from Toulouse is... Moi, Tom Dixon. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. Comment vas-tu, Tom? Everything is good, thank you. It's been a lovely week. We had some fun rugby and we've got a very exciting weekend coming up. The World Cup's starting as well, so what could be better, Véronique? Yeah, so you know what? Let's start with your prediction because last week you were predicting some games, so we were just talking about that. You did really, really well in terms of prediction, you know, for the top 14. So tell me more about it. I, uh, you're very kind. They say that only a fool makes predictions <laughs> on your podcast. Happy, happy facing up to my predictions. It very few people do actually do that. People make predictions then hide away. But I predicted. Bordeaux against Stade Francais, that finished 15-10. So Stade Francais got bonus défensive. Mm-hmm. That was quite a fun game. I don't think either were really up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be talking about that. Brive beat Bayonne by three points, 25-22. I said that would be close and I said that would be fun. Mm-hmm. You did. Lermont beat Lyon again, as predicted, on this channel, 16 minutes into last week's programme. Perpignan Castre. I said it'd be a close thing, but I could see Castre just showing their class. I was wrong there. It was a close thing, but Perpignan nabbed it. But I bet you'll be happy about because you like the underdog coming through and you like Perpignan. Mm-hmm. Po against Toulon. I got totally wrong. <laughs> I, I thought Po would bounce back with home advantage and a strong crowd. They would beat Toulon and Toulon thrash them. 17-34. Mm-hmm. Montpellier against Toulouse. I'm not sure anyone really expected it, but Toulouse had a fine victory away from playing their youngsters with a couple of debuts. So very happy with that. So overall, I got five out of seven. One was very wrong. One was only just wrong. So five and a half out of seven for me. How about you? I, I forgot. But one game, you know, Bordeaux Blague that you mentioned versus uh, Saint- or Paris, how we call it, more and more. Wasn't that the greatest game? It was a drizzling all afternoon, but having said that, I have to raise my beret to Mathieu Jalibert, which basically, you know, kicked five kicks out of five, you know, perfectly. He kept his cool all throughout. He was appraised by Urios <laughs> for once. But having said that, you know, this overall score, it was 15 to 10, and there was only one try in that game. Oh, and, dear. Oh. Yes. And it was scored by the Stade Français. And you know what? It's the eight times that Paris, Stade Français Paris, has lost against Bordeaux at Chalbon Delmas Stadium. So it's not really a very good place for, for Stade Français Paris. So tell me more about uh, the game that you watched. Blues were playing at Montpellier. Correct. Tell about that. Yes. So tell me more about that game. Oh, okay. But- just before I do, I'd just like to say, great to hear Matthew Jolibert scored all the points for Bordeaux because he'd come in for a lot of unfair criticism after a tricky start of the season. And we know his class. And form comes and goes, class stays. Talking of which, mm-hmm. Montpellier to lose. 
both are classy teams, and it was the match of the decade. I know I always say that. It was an amazing match, full of energy, fun, and skills, and really vindicating the youth involvement, especially in away matches, that is Toulouse's tactic this year, of bringing up the youngsters, being okay with losing away matches. But then they said, no, we sent a team that could win, and by gosh, they did win. The Charnier, the Flyhouse Scrum Half combination, was two brothers, including a debutant, Veronique. So what is what is La Charnière? No, I keep hearing that expression when I listen, when I watch some rugby on the French channel. So what is La Charnière exactly, Tom? The, the, the literal translation is a hinge, like on a door that opens and closes, ah. in which it, it manages the difference between the forwards and the backs. Oh, got you. Um, in England, those of a certain age would say, oh, the half backs possibly, or the scrum half, fly half. Those youngsters don't really know. But, I mean, those who say the conductors of the orchestra, this is a rugby ah, team. Ah, so uh, we're talking about, you know, a dance between the nine and ten. Yeah, it, positions held, of course, by uh, fairly well-known players, Antoine Dupont and Romain Tamak. Mm-hmm, of course. And instead, last weekend, we decided to pick what someone out from the Espoirs for his top 14 debut, and we played him against his brother, Oh, of course. I saw then, that as well. Amazing. Yeah, Edgar and Arthur Rattier. And Rattier is... <laughs> Arthur Rattier has played... He's very well played at 9 and 10. He's, he's polyvalent. He plays along the backs. So to have him there was something of a risk. But boy, did it rejuvenate the team. It was just so lovely. There was a most wonderful try in the first in the third minute. That 85 metres on a turnover that they played by hand... And it really set the scene for what was the, the most fantastic match. Definitely. Um, it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we lost the lead, though the lead changed twice during the first half and once during the second half. But Toulouse really were playing with debutants, second side players, because they wanted them to get match fit for the days when Toulouse again be feeding the Cannes de France and mm-hmm. Italy, by the way, as well. In fact, if you looked at all those who were rested or suspended mm-hmm. or sick, you could make a really good team out of them. It's, it's called Les Bleus because that's, that's the French national team that is largely made up out of it. But those who stayed played brilliantly, so very happy. So, yeah, the, the league changed twice. Neither team was ever more than a single score ahead. The throw-ins were taken quickly. The kicking was clever and offensive rather than boring and killing time. There's wow, fantastic, the yes. cheek of it, or the, the opportunity to stand in for Dupont and the Tamak is that, beautiful. And boy, they made the most of it. That was, that was amazing, absolutely. And so, uh, Toulouse, I believe, is back at the top. Well, they, yes, they, they didn't lose. They were on the top by a point of goal difference. Now they're on the top by a, a, a point of a point. Yes. So, uh, Toulouse at 18 and La Rochelle on 17, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. After five games into the season, we're happy with that. It's a good place um, to be, definitely, definitely. And talking about uh, Le Maintien, which is any points, you know, will count towards the end, you know, of the top 14 season, you know. We had Brive, which played against Bayonne. You know, in yes. the stadium Amede Domenech, you know, it was the double B, double B meeting. And it was a very important game because both teams uh, got a lot to play. 
And uh, together, you know, it was 25, 22 brief played brilliantly, I have to say. But on a very sad note, you know, you may have heard Mitch Lee, who injured his ankle, I think, in February against Clermont, you know, is uh, has to retire, unfortunately. I can't remember which rugby man said, but one game at a time because their game could be the last one because of the injuries. So, yeah, all the best, uh, Mitch Lee, and well done to Brive. Absolutely. He's been a great servant of the game. Definitely, definitely. So you watch Elsewhere's Clermont versus Lyon. My goodness. Yes, that was an interesting game. It could have been to lose. It was a tri-fest. Mm-hmm. Clermont are back. Mm-hmm. Like, lou- loudly shouting. They've had a few years in the doldrums, not really meeting their high standards. So they've often been the, the nearly team. Nearly getting to the final, nearly making it. <laughs> like the um, European Cup, you know, they, I think they, they were three times a bridesmaid and never the bride, a bit like a Racing 92, I believe. Absolutely, they're terrible luck. Must have been, <laughs> I mean, they have a fantastic supporter base because there's no other rugby team near them. They're kind of captive. But at times it must have been difficult to support them when they kept on getting so close, but never the cigar. They've had massive departures of key figures, not dissimilar to wasps over the years. They've, they've had totemic figures that have been there for life go away. Yeah, players like Rougerie, staff like Vern Cotter and Frank Azimer. Now John O'Gibbs is, is in position. So it's lovely to see them back. Yes. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. It was nine tries. There were nine tries scored. Six for Claremont, three for Lyon. And uh, the, the two wingers, including the massive racket. Racket got a... Racker touched down four times, but only three of them were allowed. So he got a hat trick, not a quad trick, quadrilangle, whatever it's called. And and it was practically just slap, but fantastic. Also for Claremont, the guy, (laughs) unpronounceable, Behera Garay. Yes. uh, Had a great game, got a try. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan really coming good. Basically, Damien Penno and Andre Policier also got a try. Leon weren't asleep. just got outclassed. Baptiste Creole and Trisova touchdown. So happy with that. But it was the winger's story, really. Damien Penno and Alvaretti Raka just showed such confidence, such excitement. Uh, they were pushing forward permanently. Normally the wingers hang back slightly in defence when, when there's a one on one meeting at the front. But they, they got stuck in and really upset. But everything is is defence by means of attack or attack by means of defence. I'm not sure. They they were fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you start wondering when you see turnarounds like that, what's changed? And actually, what I didn't tell you about the Toulouse match. Tell me. We had a third red card in five games. Third what? Third red card. Okay, so tell me more. Who's got the first one, second one, and third one? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Okay, so um, it doesn't matter. Richie, Richie Arnold got a second one. For yes, I remember that. Uh, yes. Last week, this week it was Manny. Oh, it was Manny Math, the guy who I bigged up last weekend as being the wonderful Melbourne try scorer. Yes. So I, I said how wonderful he was. And so that's commentator's curse. I won't say that again. He got a red card in the 80th minute. Oh, really? Except for the ban. Nobody gets any advantage. You just get a ban. So it's height, height of stupidity. No, but no, sir. These things happen and he'll, he'll argue, I'm sure. But it, it, but what I'm coming on to this mm-hmm. is that consider is possible, isn't it? And we're not professionals. But with all these cards around, 
mm -hmm. the ruck. It's such a lottery to play at the ruck that actually the game is becoming faster. Right. And people are slinging the ball out to the wingers and the back lines mm -hmm. because they can't afford to have a yellow card or a red card if it does the old-fashioned people smashing into each other and having a ruck. Just one to consider, but the game seems to be getting more fun and faster and the back rows were getting more tries scored. Yeah, nine tries and we're actually looking at him. So, so something's happening and I love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Food for thought, that's for sure, definitely. Paul versus Toulon, you know what? Toulon got beaten by Perpignan the week before. I shouldn't have. But, you know, they, they really had to, to improve, you know, this time around. And gosh, they were angry under, you know, the tenure of Azema and Mignoni, you know, the, they had the big guns out and, uh, Yes, the overall, overall score was 17-34. So yeah, don't don't play don't play against Toulon when they're angry, when they've been vilified and ashamed, you know, against a between bracket lesser team. Because you know, I I praise a lot, you know, Perpignan because Perpignan done really well, you know, so far they won two games out of five, like about eight teams in the top fourteen. Oh, so per 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 Perpignan beat Toulon last time. This time it's Toulon beat Pau. All right, exactly. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> who, who are bottom of the table, and uh, they're bottom of the table even though they beat the top of the table to lose. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so your point about two wins just goes to show how tight it is, even from top to bottom. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, you watch another game. I did after Montpellier to lose and Clermont versus Lyon. I, I also watched La Rochelle versus Racing 92. Yes. It was Saturday night, 9 p.m., prime time. The biggest names in French rugby, the European champions. What a treat playing the pretty toys with the global superstars mm -hmm. and Maverick Finn Russell taking control and steering the, the, I would say, the ship of Racing 92, but it's the speedboat. He's is a star. And it, Didn't turn out quite as good as that. <laughs> right. There's a tale of two halves and some half-hearted rugby. The first half was embarrassing. These are classy outfits. There are tons of knock-ons, throw-ins were lost, tackles were missed. Of course, the trainer was banned from the pitch side, and he seemed to be on his mobile phone, possibly phoning out for pizzas. Or... Sad rush away were rubbish compared to what they got. And racing went in at half-time, 16-7 away to the European champions, 16-7 up, and it could have been more. Oh, and then right. half-time happened, and actually just before half-time, you started to see La Rochelle starting to scrum well again. But Ronan O'Gara had a word in half-time, and the second half as it flipped around, the total opposite. Racing were unable to touch the ball. Their ex-player, their old boy, Teddy Thomas, uh, having left there and come to La Rochelle, he ripped them apart. There's a great kicking game from Dillian Leeds at the back, and it gave the home team La Rochelle a turnaround victory that was quite spectacular to watch. And coming back from such a bad first start, there were tries for Clement from Francis Sai and from Finn Russell, mm -hmm. from Rochelet by the fly of Soutini, Teddy Thomas playing 13, and the flanker, show of strength, Boudin. So final score, 24-19 to Racing. And they managed to scramble a bonus point with a kick at the final whistle. Mm -hmm. So, on a assuage to some extent. All right. Uh, terrible first half, good, exciting turnaround in the second half. 
Right. Okay. And another game, you know, between Perpignan against Castres. Last time, you know, Perpignan won against Castres was 12 years ago and the overall score was 14 to 10. So well done to Perpignan. Second win out of five games. That's good. So, so tell me about the top 14 ranking at distance and who they're going to play next week. I mean, this weekend. Oh, the, the ranking as it stands mm-hmm. is almost meaningless because yes. everyone except for the top five has played five, one, two. Mm-hmm. And that really, it, the only people who differ from that are Toulouse and La Rochelle, who have won four each. Mm-hmm. And Montpellier and Clermont have won, uh, Montpellier, Clermont, and Toulon have won three each. Everyone else has won two. So it so happens that Breve is six with 11 points and Poe is last with eight points. But you can't really say that one is ahead of the other in the forms of things. Of course, bonus points matter and all that. So yeah. so it's a really tight league, as we predicted it would be. But it's it's frightening how close that brings people together. And nothing, well, if nothing can be taken for granted. So the matches next weekend, we have first match is Castor versus Montpellier. Castor... Mm-hmm. Uh, Actually, oh. is on two wins. Montpellier is on three wins. So, so, so what do you think about this one? It's like a déjà vu because basically, you know, Castres against Montpellier was the final of the top 14 in June this oh, year. So who knows? You know, Montpellier were spectacular when they win because they wanted so much to win the top 14. Castres, unfortunately, you know, they couldn't, couldn't grab their, their, their second success or their third success because they won before. So I think, you know, this time around, I think Castres Sorry, sorry, Philippe. Je suis désolé, Philippe. I think that Castre might back the win, you know, this time round. I know that when Montpellier lost, Philippe Saint-André was very disappointed because he was really, really hoping for um, for a win because it was a home game. But what can I say? C'est, c'est la vie, you know. So, <laughs> Maybe so, next um, time. I told you about La Charnière. Yes. What's the English for love of... Revenge. The revenge, exactly. So this is the revenge of last year's top 14 final. And and you see home advantage winning it. Yes, yes, I do. But maybe I'm wrong, but who knows? <laughs> we'll do whatever you want. It's just my gut feeling. It's got my gut feeling. And who else? You know, which other games do we have? The, the, the next one is Bayonne La Rochelle. And Bayonne, newly promoted... La Rochelle, the European champions, and have just and yeah are playing fantastically. You have to consider it will be La Rochelle, but actually, you then think about it and say, well, La Rochelle really put a lot into last weekend's match. They may rest a few players. Mm-hmm. Bayonne would really target this game, mm-hmm. the chance of beating La Rochelle, and the home advantage when Bayonne get behind it. I've, shared with you before the videos of the start of the match with people singing La Pena Bayona. Yes. And the atmosphere is is unmatchable anywhere in the rugby world. So, oh. I, 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 so the home advantage and the hunger of Bayonne, I think, might, might just see them pass La Rochelle. I'm sure you disagree. We'll see. No, what can I say? But you may be right. We'll see next week. So what are the uh, other games? Got, next I've got Racing 92 against Poole. Mm-hmm. I think that you'd see that as a home win fairly yes. quickly, wouldn't you? Yes, I think uh, so. Unless, unless we are wrong and then, well. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I see a big out. Depends whether they, they rest, you know, the big guns or not. Or, 
But uh, obviously, Racing 92 will have the home advantage. So uh, I'm guessing, yeah, yes, it will be a win. They, they, they play in a rock music stadium. That's exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not proper rugby. And then the fellow Parisian, Stade Francais, are hosting Perpignan, which is probably a bit closer than Racing Po, but I think I'd, I'd go for a home win again, mm. wouldn't you? Uh, it's possible, but you know, Stade Francais, uh, you know, they, they lost, you know, this, this week, but I mean, last weekend. But having said that, you know, good, good summer. Uh, you may have heard, you know, Paul Gustard, who used to be the, uh, the coach at Saracen. Then he went to play for, sorry, he went to play. He went to coach uh, Queens and then a team in Italy. So now he's been recruited by, uh, by Racing Metro, Racing Metro, by Racing Knight. It's, uh, and then we have sorry, by, by Sad Francais. So I think that should win. Then we have Toulon Brive. Now that's an interesting one because they're next to each other in the table. 12 points against 11. So very close on the face of it. And three wins against two. My other metric. I, I have to say that Toulon are still embarrassed by their loss against Perpignan. And I think they still have to make a statement. Brive, I'm not sure how well they travel. I, I know Brive have a lot of spirit this year. And I'm looking forward to seeing them... Yeah, they're sixth already. If they make it to the final six at the end of the season, they could be looking at getting, breaking through to the final. So they're ambitious. They're, they're thinking of getting Richie Gray back as well. Have you seen that? The ex-Castre Toulouse so, and currently Glasgow player is rumoured to be in talks with Breve as they get their checkbook out. So Breve have ambition, but Toulon Breve. Again, I go for home win overall. Yeah. But you know what? I would love to see Brief, you know, to do really, really well this season because they're so motivated. They are, they have a wonderful academy as well. And, and they, you know, they've been plagued by injuries. You know, I think I mentioned last, a few weeks ago, you know, they got, I think, 14 of the players injured. So it'd be, it would be really, really nice, you know, for them to do really well this season. It would be a case like when Leicester won the Premiership a few years ago. I would love to see, to see Brief win the top 14. And they won in the past, you know, so everything is possible. So, yeah. yeah. If, if I may, I'd like to mention Brief. I have a soft spot. You might have seen on social media, I mentioned Brief with one of their players, Steve Thompson, MBE of the 2003 World Cup winning team who was signed off playing rugby, got an insurance payout, payout, and then found a specialist who said he could play rugby again after a certain operation. He paid his money back and he came back into rugby and played for Breve shortly after the 2003 World Cup with Andy Good, funny enough, and possibly a couple of other World Cup winning Brits, English players. But like to point out that he has a BBC programme that will have gone out on Wednesday night that I think is called Heads On, discussing his head injury, brain injury in rugby. That is a very serious subject, and I do recommend people look that up on the BBC iPlayer. Definitely, and absolutely, I'm going to watch it as well. And talking about, you know, the English players from the wonderful the squad who won the... The first Rugby World Cup for the Northern Hemisphere, you know, I had the great, great opportunity and honor to speak with some of them. So I had the lovely, lovely Dan Luger, Ian Bolshaw, Ben Cohen. I have to say, you know, I, I think I only have two more players that went to France. I think it's Johnny Wilkinson and Simon Shaw. And then I'm done. 
<laughs> but a lovely, lovely bunch of people. I really, really love, you know, speaking with the squad. Great, great guys, you know, perfect gentlemen. So yes, let's, let's watch this, this, this program is going to be a bit saddening, but we wish all the best to, is it Steve? To all rugby players injured, injured uh, at the time or in later years. Yes. Um, yep. Guess what match I'm going to on Saturday night at nine o'clock? No idea. Tell me. Toulouse are playing Clermont-Ferrand. Association Sportive... Oh, I can't remember. Montalbert... No, it's not. What does the ASM stand for? We'll find, I'll find out for next week so I can tell you. Yes. Um, in France, many rugby teams have an official name and a communal name. Mm-hmm. Stade Toulouse is known as Toulouse. Mont-de-Marsan is known as, the Stade, is known as Montois. And many of the... For example, USAP is the Union Sportive... Harlequins Perpignanais. It's possible. It's and, very possible. Yeah, you said. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> it's possible. Maybe. And, and so that there are often two names. Just as in Britain, in soccer, one might refer to United or, or City. So Toulouse are playing Clermont. It's going to be a very close game. We're putting out the big tanks. I suspect Dupont will be back and a few of our big guys. We don't take it for granted by any means, but basically winning at home with the big internationals is very important so that we can bloody our young players on away matches, some of which they'll win, some of which they'll lose. Mm. That's the theory behind it because there's about eight weekends, possibly even more, and we'll that figure out of the air, where we have to play without our internationals. Yeah. And if our 15 best players are away doing internationals, doing Six Nations, we have to have the good. The next 15 being good as well. You bet, you so bet. Home advantage there. Leon bordeaux Bagler. Lyon are currently 12th and bordeaux Begler are 7th. So there's a big five-place difference. And guess what? They've both won two matches. So there's no great difference this year. I think Lyon are strong. Bordeaux are still aching a bit from their various failures. But Germany, no, no, not Germany. Last weekend was a good weekend. I, On balance, I would see home advantage there and I would see Lyon carrying that through which, like two weeks ago, would give us seven home wins out of seven. Mm, interesting. So, so that, uh, does that count as prediction or observation? A mixture of both, a mixture of both, but cool, excellent. So... In a few days' time, you know, the Women's Rugby World Cup is going to start in New Zealand. It is on Saturday morning at stupid o'clock. I call it stupid o'clock. Actually, in France, I've got an hour advantage on you, so so I will make some of the matches. I'm quite a fan of women's rugby. I went to the World Cup final, I suspect, 12 years ago. And the rugby is fun, it is skillful, it's brave. Mm -hmm. So we have... France are opening it up. South Africa versus France is the first match at 3.15 my time in France. So 2.15 in England. Correct. All matches are on ITV in England. Most matches are on TF1 in France. Yes. The matches are every weekend for six weeks. There are no midweek matches mm-hmm. as there are in the men's game. And so it comes to an end on Saturday, 12th of November. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Who's going to win, 
Oh, well, come on, France. You know, England won in 2014. I remember Maggie Alfonsi, you know, carrying a cup in the Saracen, the Alliance Park, you know. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, I remember I was, I was there. So uh, that's over time, you know, France and England are very, very strong contenders. I have to say, you know, because the way the, 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 the league is set up, you know, in England, you're a full-time rugby player. In France, I think you spend 75% as a rugby player and 25% you have to do your job so it's not quite there yet in terms of comparison but one major thing regarding the French team is that Gaël who is the captain has been injured she injured the knee and she will be replaced by Céline Ferrer who will be the captain so there's going to be a bit of a of change there. So, uh, yeah, so we'll review the, the matches as we go along, you know, on a weekly basis. So I have to say, if you've never watched women rugby, you know, I highly recommend it. You know, it's really, really, really worth it. You know, it's, they, they take no prisoners, basically. You know, I, I couldn't play that. You know, I would be, well, I could be a, a scrum half because I like bossing people about, but that's it. <laughs> but that's right, it. Laura you know. Sansus has got that job and she's, the World Player of the Year. Uh, Indeed. Indeed. Player of the Six Nations. Uh, Six Nations. So she is considered the one to watch. Exactly. Um, and we talked the last time, you know, what would happen if Laure and uh, Antoine get together. And, <laughs> we get for, together and produce lots of uh, rugby players. You know. <laughs> oh, you know. Lots of children are number nine on their back. Maybe in the alternative universe, who knows, but that, that, that would be good. Regarding the latest news, I'm afraid very bad news for Gabinville. Injured is actually, I think, his is ankle and he was operated on... I think in June, and he tried, you know, to recoup, you know, his strength, and unfortunately, he can't. So he's not going to play again until, you know, end of November, which is really, really hard for for the French team, because, you know, he was, Villiers has been instrumental in the team. If we have to remember a win, it was very much against a victory against the All Black in November last year. It was 40-25. And let's not forget, you know, Gavin Villiers is multi-talented because he was a former sevens player. So he's got the speed, he's got the agility, you know, so... I'm really looking forward to seeing him back back in form. So all the best, Gabin. And he's a lovely person. One of my favorites as well. Another of your favorites. I've got it's so many. Young fast. <laughs> young fast and good looking. No, you're right. It's a, it's, it's a very harsh game and injuries can come one moment to the next. But I, I'm looking forward to the World Cup this weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing the top 14 this weekend. <laughs> To what's been going on, Tom? I think that lots of sleep, rest, maybe a little bit of baby making. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Friday uh, had a rest weekend last weekend. La pendule fait tic tac tic tic. Les oiseaux du lac pic pac pic pic. Glou 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche ding ding dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum, tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour. Qui s'éveille